crystals have been used from beyond time, beyond memory, by all the ancient peoples of the, of the lands. It's understood that the Egyptians used them. And many places, even in this country, in the, in the holy places, the ancient sites, the wells, crystal balls have been found. They're used in China, in Tibet. They're still used by the Aboriginal people. South American native people, North American Indians, there's a very strong unbroken tradition amongst the Native American people there. And in India, they, were, they are still used, but again, the understanding has become a little bit blurred. And it's very interesting, of course, in the Bible, Aaron's breastplate was not just a beautiful decoration of jewelry, it was, it was power, it was his, his power, focus. And there were significant crystals and jewels in there for a sacred purpose. Undoubtedly, the Lemurians and Atlanteans knew a lot about crystals and used them. The understanding is from Edgar Cayce and others that crystals were the main power basis. They had crystal generators and they knew how to grow enormous crystals. And there is a school of thought that actually believes that the misuse of crystal energy had a great deal to do with, with the destruction of Atlantis. I'm most familiar with the more recent history of the Native American peoples because, as I say, theirs is an unbroken tradition and very often guarded by the women, which is quite fascinating. There's um, a wonderful healer called Oshina who is a psychologist and also works as... She's also a nurse, and she's trained American nurses to work with, with crystals and a, and a particular healing method that she calls therapeutic touch. And it's well recorded that there have been cases of third-degree burns, particularly a, a little girl, which is well recorded, and they worked on her overnight, and it, she, she was cured by the morning. And I think that's, that's quite phenomenal, and it's actually documented. So it's something that disappeared for a while from certainly the European culture, and from a lot of people's consciousness. And it could be that there has been a serious misuse of crystals in past times, and it's as if the knowledge, the awareness, was withdrawn by those higher beings who are keeping an eye on us. And it's only now that there's a burgeoning interest in crystals, and people are beginning to realize their importance and their significance. But I think there is an, a kind of inner warning that goes with it. Those of us who feel that we might have had uh, some life in Atlantis or something, if we're drawn to use crystals, there's a little kind of inner warning which says, mind you, don't misuse them again. In other words, we're being offered this tool, but there is a sacredness about them, and there's a tremendous inherent capability for moving energy, and we have to treat them with, with great respect. So, how do we actually tune in or sensitize ourselves to crystal energy. Well, while I'm talking, I think we'll begin. So I'm going to pass around these two little shells. And I think it's a good idea if you feel... They say that the left hand is the most receptive in the palm chakra, as we call it. In other words, we receive, we take an energy from this hand, and this is the, the more the masculine, the outgoing, moving out hand. But 
both palms are sensitive and I would suggest that if you can, while we're sitting, without focusing on it too much, take one of the lighter colour stones in your left hand and one perhaps of the darker stones in your other hand. And in, from in time to time I'll ask you what you feel because this is going to be very much a hands-on. You can talk about crystals till you're blue in the face and people really won't make contact with them. It's, they're very, very tactile. Having said that, I know a very sensitive young man who actually hears the vibrational frequencies from them. But most of us aren't that rarefied, and I think it's quite difficult to live in the world if you are. But most people can begin, after a while, to waken that subtle sensitivity up that we all have and really feel something of the little voice, the vibration, the frequency of the crystals. Now, while we're doing that, i talk a little bit a slight amount of the, the idea of the energy within them, behind them. If you squeeze a crystal, it gives off a piezoelectric charge, and they also have a definite polarity. The energy, especially in a, a shaped one, will move one way. If it's double terminated, will be energy moving both ways in a very focused direction. This isn't esoteric, this is the scientific aspect of them. It's to do with the internal construction. So each of these funny little clear ones, they're all clear quartz, but somebody who becomes sensitive, each one will feel quite different because each one will be doing its unique little vibrational patterning, its little dance, its little song, its little voice. So like members of the same family, this is the quartz family, each one has a different personality. Each one will have a slightly different capability or affinity for doing certain kinds of work, for aligning themselves to certain kinds of energies. People say, oh, that's a powerful crystal when they can actually feel quite a, a charge from it. It's not quite like that. I'd rather talk about capacity, ability to amplify energy, to reduce energy, to, to alter energy fields. Now, the lovely thing, particularly about quartz, and again, this seems to be have a scientific basis, that if you introduce a quartz crystal into a disturbed energy field, negative energy field, something that is out of sync, out of balance, it, the, what it broadcasts, in other words, it will naturally seek to bring the energy around it into a sympathetic resonance with itself. It, it will bring harmony, it will bring balance. So that's quite something to think about. It means that the, the uh, ways we can use crystals are as limitless as our imagination. And I will go into some of the uses of crystals and we, again we can explore some of those. So I want first of all to talk a little bit about the different families and I'm not going in fine detail into the, into the details of each, properties of each, but in general I'll talk about the general affinities. Some crystals are pretty general in use and that is the clear quartz. You can find a clear quartz is useful for practically any purpose. It's a universal substance. 
There's a lot of quartz in our bodies, a crystalline substance. We have, we are, have liquid crystal, um, solid crystals, there's crystal within our bloodstream, the urine, the bones. So, not necessarily quartz, but we are crystal, we are very crystalline, and therefore we resonate very well with the crystal, with the mineral kingdom. And that seems to be how we understand that they have an affinity for healing because we can get them to interact with our cellular structure. The rose quartz family, and you can see this is rose quartz here, lovely pink ones, a pink ball, little ones there. Rose quartz is said to be working on the emotional level. It's very calming, nurturing, but particularly nurturing, heartwarming. People going through a bad time emotionally, they, they seem to go for the rose quartz. And sometimes if one's very upset and disturbed, they can sometimes help, help put them under your pillow, they'll be helpful for sleep. So most people recognize it's something to do with the color, but the vibration as well. The blues are very calming, Good for meditations. A little blue calcite over there. Oh, those round ones. This is angelite. Now I wouldn't put quite that in the same um, category as as the other blue stones. Throat chakra. Very good for the throat chakra. This is very interesting for psychics to use. Angelite has not been around that long. It's been recently discovered. One place in South America, it's above the Nazca Lines. Have you heard of these Nazca Lines? These amazing, huge birds and other shapes that are in, in the desert that really could only be seen from uh, as if there were planes or some kind of flying machines, and they're incredibly ancient. Well, this deposit was found not far from there, above there, and psychic sensitives who've used these stones say that in some way they are communicators with outer space beings. Well, I'll leave that with you. you know, a lot of these things I'm going to say, well, you can only try. So if you're a sensitive, they're, they're interesting to work with. But people, I find, I used to have quite a lot of pendants, so people are very drawn to them. They're, again, interesting to pass around. When your hands have begun to wake up after a little bit, which they will, we'll start passing some of these around. And you can see a little quiet feel and see what impressions you get. Citrine, there's a couple of little golden ones there. I'll just hold up. You can link these to the chakras very well. Solar plexus, energizing, very good for the um, whole of the digestive system. Full of sunlight, um, it's very light, optimistic sensation it gives quite a lot of people. Amethyst, I've got big ones here. These are very good, these are very good for healing and they're very good for meditation. They're very calming, nurturing, but in, in a very calming kind of way particularly. And some people find them quite visionary, quite inspirational. A little wand here for healing. It's got a round end. A lot of these little wands are are very useful because you can use the round end to massage 
with if you do foot massage or reflexology. And you can use the pointed end if there's, you've got pain or somewhere just to kind of remove. So we'll go into that again a bit more in detail later. Another yellow calcite comes in all sorts of different colours. Again, I use one of those for the, for the spleen and the stomach area because I work as an acupressure therapist. This is also oops, yellow calcite, really sunshiny. This is red. So as you go down in the colour spectrum, you're also going down the scale in vibrational frequency. So those of you who are sensitive to that, this might be exactly the same weight as the, as the other one, but actually because of the slower, heavier vibration as we go down the scale, it'll actually feel heavier. It'll feel <coughs> as if it wants, if it's pulling you down slightly. So agate, this is a, this is a lower vibration. I like this because there aren't too many British ones, and that's from Stulcote agate, agate from roundabout wells. As is that nice big one there. I love that one. It's 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 a, like a sort of magical cave. This Dulcote agate, which gives you the nice solid grounding vibration. You've got this magical crystal cave within it. So that, that's very that's a very well balanced um, crystal. There, it has both. Here's something interesting. This is a fire obsidian, and although it's a large fellow, it's it, it feels to me quite fiery, as if it's got a lot of energy with it, and. Um, Again, it's, it's a, a lower vibration, a lower frequency, but it's, it's quite sort of, um, it's got a charge to it. And I actually use this, again, when people have got quite uh, difficult things that they need to take out of this part of their bodies. Become crystalline. I'm terrible on remembering names, but I, I know if there's a geologist here. This is a, actually a, a sea creature thousands and thousands of years old off the coast of Tunisia but it's become crystalline and um, as there is well maybe there's some petrified wood possibly this one is look, Uh, this is the petrified wood that was once a tree Um, again in um, Arizona there's a petrified forest and actually they've grown amethysts in the middle of these huge great tree trunks but it's now totally become crystalline and then that to me has a very solid feeling crystals to begin with are best appreciated not with the intellect but with with your subtle senses, something beneath your rational mind, so underneath while I've been talking you might have been subtly feeling warm or cold or pleasant or unpleasant or well I say user friendly (laughs) or tingly or piercing or crampy or not very nice at all because there's a whole range of sensations you can actually get as you begin to tune into them or you might have been feeling different sensations in your chakras or different parts of your body some of them might give you a sort of slight sort of sticky feeling in your head or some people actually it affects their heart rate if they're very sensitive that actually affects your heart rate and go up for a little bit or heat in different parts of the body here are some of the other heavier stones jasper and carnelian obsidian this might be tiger's eye yes there's a tiger's eye there one of these looks like they've got sort of shiny ribbons in it all those are lower down the scale they would work from the from about the second base and second chakra they would work best 
because those are the frequencies they they resonate with for healing how do we choose crystals is another question and they have a way of speaking to us first crystal workshop that I ever went to was actually with, with Rob Bonowitz and he's a delightful American gentleman he just said well you just kind of let your eyes go out of focus and if one jumps out at you out at you that's it that's for you and I was going cross-eyed trying to do this and I just couldn't do it and I was really in a kind of despair because I thought it's no good you know I'm just not going to be able to do this and I wandered off to the loo in his little flat and then I wandered back again because there was a whole room of where he kept all his crystal store and we, he said we could go in there so I, I went and flopped down on the floor in a miserable heap you know thinking I can't do this without thinking you know I was, mind was full of how hopeless I was and I just sort of put my hands up and the boxes of crystals all round and I suddenly realised I was picking up little energy signals from the crystals obviously because of my work I use my my hands are woken up so I was so pleased. I thought, oh, this is how you do it. And I put all the selection of crystals in a circle and simply picked up the one that seemed the liveliest. So that was my very first crystal. And it's such a relief. We use crystals as a group, and how many ways of using crystals are there? Many ways for healing. And I'll, obviously, that's my field, so I'll go into that in depth in a while, and you can experience that. For creating energy patterns you can really enhance the energy of a room or a meditation room many spiritual groups find that if they have a, a, a reasonably sized crystal as a focus for their for their spiritual work for their energy for their meetings they find the whole room changes its atmosphere their whole psychic sensitivities are greatly enhanced the the flow of energy, the connection between the people present is enhanced. So it's the kind of the group energy that lifts the whole group, the whole of the group to expand, to, to develop. It's the same in any healing situation. If you, if you have crystals around in a room or if you have a, a significant crystal there, it'll help to disperse the, the pain, the suffering, whatever people are releasing and it will bring in healing energies to enhance the work of the, the therapist and the person who's, who's being healed. You can heal yourself with crystals. They are very, very effective for dealing with um, electromagnetic st geopathic stress. Um, by that I call from right from disturbed watercourses, which create what we just call, I just call it, disturbed energy, I won't go into the scientific terms, which can affect people, as can overhead power lines. There are lots of sources these days of very disturbing energy to our human organism. Electrical circuits, actually it doesn't necessarily stay within the conduits that it's supposed to. If you stand by um, a video or some other electrical something that's putting out an electrical field and you get somebody to do a muscle test you know about this applied kinesiology if a thing is good for you and somebody does this pushes your arm down you will be quite strong but if it's damaging you somebody presses you and your arm will go straight down there's nothing you can do so if people go and stand by some machine that's on you know and tests you you won't be very strong if you stand over it if you hold a crystal in your hand or put a crystal on the object one, can, one is strong again. 
There have been a lot, a lot of research being done, actually quite precise scientific research being done along those lines. But it's, it's a complete field, and there are those people who specialize in, it's like earth acupuncture. They harmonize these disturbed energy fields, ley lines that are, have been distorted or cut, or any kind of other natural subtle energy disturbance and it, and it really can affect your he health it's in, these things are realized that they're you know that they are important we have to begin to take notice of these things and sometimes you have to move your bed or whatever it might be but there are ways of dispersing these things using crystals sorry what sort of machine did you mean you said if you stand by some machine anything any kind, uh, any, of, machine? Any kind of sort of fairly heavy putting a reasonable field. Micro microwave particularly puts out a very Not difficult charge. Like what would you say, Hal? I would think it would, would well, be. Any, anything that contains uh, electrical energy gives off a magnetic field, which does actually affect the human organism mm. to a greater or lesser extent, depending upon the person. Mm. Um, the sick house syndrome, the syndrome which you're probably familiar with, which is very much in vogue in America, a lot of it is connected not only with, uh, with electrical energy, but with central heating and, and things like that. Mm. Um, these things are, are being very well researched now. Mm. And um, there's very good evidence that, for instance, digital sound actually has an adverse effect upon the human organism. Mm. Um, this, has been, uh, this has been proved by kinesiology. That would be digital tapes or... Digital tapes or CDs, in fact. Mm. But not the normal tape like the, this. Uh, the audio tape actually doesn't affect yeah. the, uh, the, the organism in the same way. Mm. So we have lots of stresses. They're there. The thing is to try and actually nullify them, neutralize them, and crystals will do this very effectively. Mm. How would it affect one then if it did? Or? Well, what it does, of course, all these, uh, it, it, it's a form of stress. And in the sense that stress lowers the immune system and leaves, leaves you open to all sorts of uh, infections and so on. And if, if you think about it, most of our diseases today are the bad ones are connected with the immune system. Yeah. Right, so if crystal is working for you or helping you, cooperating with you, and it is discharging or dispersing some of the negativity, whether it's within your house or, your, or machinery or whether it's disharmony within your, within your body which I think is the basis of what we call dis-ease in other words it will be helping to transmute to discharge some of the negativity for you so then it will, it will feel not fresh, not clean because if it's absorbed a lot of stuff, a lot of junk, in other words, somehow it's got to be helped to discharge it so that it can begin to work again. So there are lots of ways of cleaning a crystal. I mean, I can usually, for me, my hands are my sort of sensitive part, but actually I have occasionally been with a group and I've said, no, those crystals, I said, well, do you think they're all right? And they said, no, they just don't look very bright and we've, done, we've cleaned them and there are very many many ways of doing it. And quite honestly, the crystals definitely look brighter. They gave an impression of brightness and freshness, so you can't really tell what part of your mind's making that kind of assessment. They will feel <coughs> sticky, crampy, tacky, and you just won't want to hold them if they're, if they're needing to be sorted out. I mean, there are, very, there are several reasons why a crystal might be what we call dirty, 
for the reason I've said, because it's been working hard and it needs help to discharge and clear itself. It can be, similarly, that you, it's been left in an environment that's uh, polluted. My young family, young son and daughter-in-law, were years ago um, in a big crystal shop in Tottenham Court Road. You can imagine all the pollution and the filth and all the stuff going up and down there. And they were handling all these crystals and they came out and ten minutes later they began to feel absolutely ghastly and they knew they'd absorbed the gunk that those crystals had absorbed by handling them. So the only way thing they could do in the middle of London was to go rushing to a park and put their hands on the ground to discharge some of this stuff or, or hold trees or just anything. Nature actually discharged it for them. And, and crystals can be cleaned by the elements. You can put a crystal in the earth in sea salt, in water with sea salt, in spring water, in sunshine. Um, you can use sound to clean crystals. You can use the you can use incense. You can use the Native American. They call it smudging. They burn for them sacred cedar and sweet grass, sage. Um, I've probably forgotten some methods. You can use light. You can use one crystal to clean another. And if you're very, very focused and tuned in, you can use the third eye. Visualize absolute light and purity and visualize that light and purity flowing through the crystal and just cleaning any dark particles off it. So there are many ways. But probably the simplest is, is water, purified water, or mineral water with, with sea salt in left overnight. That's the easiest. Hmm... Sort of, only in an emergency. I run it, I, if, I'm, if it's, I'm in a real emergency, I have nothing else. Mm. I will hold a crystal under a running tap and I will twist it anti-clockwise. Clockwise you wind the energy in. It's the same as, uh, as an acupuncture needle is used. Anti-clockwise you'll disperse. So you tend to sort of spiral. All energy, particularly crystal energy, works in spirals. So you'll spiral the, the gunk out of the crystal if you t twist it anti-clockwise. These are a wonderful way of, of clearing crystals. I often use sound or bells, and I'm, I'm just going to do it over these. And also I'm going to twiddle them anti-clockwise. That's a lovely clear sound. This is a very rapid way of clearing crystals. I'll probably do it about three times. And this is a very good way also of clearing an atmosphere. Marvellous. Give these a little blast. Because what you're doing with all of these things, you're actually going down to cellular level and dispersing, particle level, dispersing whatever imbalanced vibrational frequencies are being held within the cellular structure. Right. So, meditation is... I almost always... I'm holding a crystal when I meditate. If any of you have any psychic... Most of us have. Psychic senses, subtle awareness, whatever you choose to call that. 
they will be enhanced by working with the crystal because the crystal will certainly relax relax you and allow the mind to clear and, and, and the kind of peacefulness to come so that other part of you can then awaken and never forgotten again my oldest son doing his best to meditate for many a year and thinking he said oh I never seem to get anywhere and we got a little meditation room up in our attic and one um, evening he came down absolutely radiant in, in, in young speak the word would be blissed out <laughs> And I uh, said, goodness, what's happened to you? And he showed me this beautiful crystal in his hand. He said, you know, I've just got this today. And he said, I, and I went and sat with this. And he said, I can't believe it. He said, it's like starting at the top of the ladder instead of the bottom. I feel I'm, I'm really get, I really got somewhere for the first time. So for meditators and people wanting to awaken themselves, I, I really recommend a crystal, finding the right one. And for those, most people find a, a crystal ball very comfortable to work with. I wouldn't suggest that great big chap there. <laughs> but um, it's very nice. They're, they're very comfortable and comforting. If crystals are not in, in sync with your general vibratory field, it'll be like a wrong note in a symphony. That's one reason. So it'll be, or it'll be like somebody screeching on the blackboard with chalk, you know like that because it's just not in sympathy with your general your general harmonic pattern one reason another reason they could be bringing up some of your inner pain whatever it might be trauma physical pain they will tend to, because the natural the way they function is because they want to bring everything into a harmonic resonance they will tend to draw negativity in somewhere or other out of the body that's why they're so useful for healing but you could experience it like that Another reason is somebody's handled it and left some of their junk on it, which you might be very sensitive and you've picked up. And the third reason is a bit of a far-out reason, but has, I've known to happen, that in far time, ancient times, you, you might have misused crystals. And I cannot pick up tourmaline past lives. You might have misused crystals. And I can't pick up tourmaline, they bite me. I thought I'd done my forgiveness because I, I misused it with my belief system. I've misused tourmaline in, in past in Atlantean times and I I still don't like them I've tried to sort of do my forgiveness and go through the whole thing but you know they really I can't can really can't handle them at all they really bite me I get a sharp pain straight up my arm <laughs> serve me right <laughs> so would you, would you like to try the crystal balls now pass some of them round do please involve yourself with this because the best way to get to know crystal is to feel as many different ones as you can that's right pick up whatever calls to you right i'd like to show you how to make up a, a chakra set yes yes okay well i shall demonstrate this and then you'll see so i think we've got enough here for me to make a chakra set out of and there are lots of ways of using this so i'm going to look for a nice the lowest vibrational frequency. I could get to them, and I don't like handling them. I've only got a few, so I'm going to use the obsidian. And it feels, I mean, if you can also let your hand go when you're working with crystals, and, and again, there are lots of ways of doing this, but for me, this is, wants to go right down. If, if there's some crystals that have an affinity with certain chakras, that certainly will do for the base chakra. Second, well, this could be, but I think it's, no, that's too 
too low. Um, there's the other lot over here. See if we've got any in here more suitable. So this is the dull coat agate. I'm looking for a sort of bronzy colour thing or something. No, that's still too deep. No, it's this one. my way now these days for juicy crystals. I don't do them by the feel. I just grab them, and if they're right for me, for my intention, they'll actually. So if that one's right for me, I'm actually not conscious of physically doing that. It just sort of happens. So the second chakra, and laid out here. Third, citrine's an obvious choice for one of those, but I've got a for doing a nice. You see, you really try to intend to have a set that you actually can place on the chakras to work with, but they also need to be in harmony with each other. So although I've got, let's say, oh, three or four of these little golden jobs here, citrines, so there's the, sec there's the solar plexus chakra, and it certainly is the colour. We want the heart chakra now. So... Green. That's, that seems that that will do. Yeah. Now I've got a piece of pure turquoise here. I wear a lot of turquoise. It's in a, it's incredibly good for protection, um, for toxins, for throat chakra. I wear quite a lot, and I also wear coral. Good, very good for the blood. Nurturance, deep level nurturance. Very good for second chakra as well. But um, I'm going to find one of these for the throat centre. That one will do. Third eye. Amethyst, I like the third eye. And I've got one, two there. Three, four. One of those will probably do. No. I've got plenty of amethyst here. No. That one. And the crown centre... I could use one of those clear ones, but I rather like something more distinct with a, with a definite polarity for the crown centre, so I'm going to... That feels all right. So I don't know if you can see that, but that's a, a set there. And I'm sure you all know about the, the chakras. If they're in balance, then we function well. We means we're balanced, aren't we? We're in, harmo in, in harmony with ourselves. So you can use a pendulum or you can use your hands if you work with a friend. It's, it's possible to actually put your hand over, over them and if the chakra's not in balance, you'll feel something not right or a disturbance. All these are wonderful ways of waking yourself up, waking your hands up, training your psychic senses, your subtle senses, so you can gradually go up like that and feel if something's not right. About that much above the body about six inches above the body. You should be picking up the signals if things are not as they should be. Or you can simply go up the chakras with a pendulum. And you know you don't, you don't need this. You can use a lump of coal. Everybody can douse. This is the other. And on, work, on my workshops, I teach everybody to use a pendulum. And there's nobody that can't because this is just a natural facility like breathing. And if we think we, if we, think we can't, then we'll block it. And the only other reason when we can't do it is if we're very, very tired or stressed. Otherwise, everybody can do it. So you would just go up the, each chakra and say, is the chakra in balance? And you get a yes or a no. So then having 
worked with these crystals. Crystals need care and attention before you begin to work with them. So this nicely brings us on to how do we begin to work with crystals. Cleanse, dedicate, and we used to program in the beginning when the knowledge started coming back, but we, a lot of people suddenly realized that to impose our will on the mineral kingdom is yet another way of man's violation of, of, of nature. So we don't put a tight programming into crystals now. It's like saying, now you thing there, you jolly well do what I tell you, and you're going to do this, this, and this for me. And it's terribly arrogant. And people have been realizing that this is not the way to go about it. The mineral kingdom has its own form of consciousness. Native American people call them the brain cells of Grandmother Earth. And that is a, that's a story in itself. There's a, amazing legends of the crystal skulls that have come from this knowledge of all the major 12 planets that's been encoded into these crystals which has been, have been placed in an, an underground sacred chamber somewhere. It's an amazing story. And you have a smaller one of these crystal heads, you can access a certain amount of this gathered wisdom. However, they have their own form of consciousness as, as has every particle of matter and so we need to treat them with respect. So the cleansing I've described to you before you begin to work with them, find your own way of cleaning them, dedicate. Again, without using specifically religious terminology, I suggest that everybody holds their hands over and with intention invites the highest and purest energy in the universe that you can conceive of to, to flow through that crystal. And if you like, that is its power base, that, that is its safeguard so that it's beyond ego. Whatever work that crystal is doing is beyond the little ego desire that we all indulge in. It is working. Whatever we might think we want it for, it, we intend that that energy will flow through it and it's for a higher purpose, whatever the, the great plan is. This work of this little crystal will be in harmony with the wider plan and hope that we can cooperate. So instead of programming, we now invite the crystal to cooperate with us in whatever way its inclination and its particular affinity is. So it's a much more sensitive, humble way of going about things. And I feel much more comfortable with that. I was ter I felt actually terrible when I realised I'd been doing this tight programming. It, you know, it suddenly dawned on me that I shouldn't be going about it this way. Dreadful. So that was very salutary. So having done that with whatever crystals you're using... And now with the chakra crystals, on your own or with a friend, you can find out what, where the imbalances are. And you can then place the crystals on yourself, and the crown can be just at the top of your head, lying down flat. And you can either use a wand for yourself, one of these, and clockwise... I mean, the very, there are very advanced chakra balancings that, that, that we do but there's a simple one which works well and you can go over each chakra just going clockwise round and round and round till you feel you've done enough and on the one that you know is not right you probably have to spend a little bit longer and a little bit of intention that you are sending light and energy and healing into that chakra if a chakra is out of balance it's basically telling you a bit of a story that there's something within probably your either your physical being or your personality or your emotional being that needs looking at because a chakra goes out of balance if these other parts the parts that it's influence uh, has influence over are out of balance 
So it's like a little reminder, hey, my solar plexus is always going out of balance. Why is it? Solar plexus is a psychic center, emotional and psychic center, you know, gut reactions. Am I overworking it? If it's on the food level, am I eating too much of the wrong food and therefore causing problems here? Um, it's also a power centre. Am I imposing my will too much on other people and I need to learn a little bit of calmness and quietness? Is that why this is? So there's lots of reasons. As you know, we can go again all through the chakras and, and there are different alignments. So we can do a lot of work on that, on that for ourselves. Other ways of healing, again, are using these wands or particular stones. I will tell you a little bit about some of the things that have happened because they've always surprised me. Um, there have been two cases. The universe gate was giving us a little lesson in this of people, young people who had both had um, precancerous cervical cells diagnosed, and they were both due to go and have some kind of operation and they came they didn't know each other they came to us one was London and one was local and um, my daughter did some work with her remedies but I also used a particular fire wand that I have they grow in a particular way and they usually tremendous capacity and I was working over her reproductive area with this quite strongly I could feel a massive amount of energy going through it and so could she and in both of these cases, when they went for their final scan, there was nothing wrong, and, and the gynecologists couldn't believe it. They just could not believe where these bad cells had gone to. In each case, they were astonished. So I think that's very interesting. I'm not going to say any more than that. And again, um, one particular lady came, she's arthritic anyway, but she had, Poodle had bent her first two pink fingers back. She had this huge swelling for about two or three days, I was treating her for arthritis and other things. And she said, well, can you do anything? I said, I don't know. And I got a smoky court. Absolutely brilliant for removing of all toxic matter. Terrific detoxes. And I was just doing this again intuitively for about three minutes. And I said, I don't know, we'll just try. Stuck a hand back under the blanket. And she pulled it out ten minutes later and it was just, just totally gone down. So interesting things can happen and... You know, I've had other extraordinary sort of instant healings, including um, a crystal cracking a little glass candlestick holder that I had. I wanted to get to an acupuncture point here with a very small crystal, and I was sort of looking round and grabbed this glass candlestick holder, put it by the shoulder and plonked the crystal on it, put a cloth over it, I do sometimes, and just get on with my work. And I heard this strange noise, and I, I don't know, I thought it was something outside, and he said, what's that? I said, well, I don't know. And then when I came to take the cloth off, where this little crystal had rested, it split this almost half an inch thick glass thing in half in a little wave pattern. I just cracked up laughing. But um, He said, well, I'm scientifically trained, and if you knew the forces it needed to do that, you wouldn't laugh. And um, if I hadn't believed in crystals, I would now anyway. <laughs> I thought it was hysterically funny. But um, there it is in my, in my room. And... Um, so it just goes to show that they are tremendous aids for healing. They really are. They amplify if you have that intention tremendously. And I just think they have a capacity for heal speeding up the healing process and they can get really get down to cellular level. Clusters, again, they're wonderful in um, 
in a room, I mean, I can't tell you the number of people, office people, in, in probably in, in London now, who've, who've been to our centre, very fraught and distressed because of the terrible aggravation, all these machines and people getting going over the top and tempers flying. I say, well, you know, why don't you just get a nice little plaster? It'll deal with all of that. And okay, and the reports are pretty good that in fact these clusters, because they, ha they are so many faceted, they can deal with different layers and different energy frequencies. So all that stuff that's going around, they can actually deal with all of them. So the atmosphere becomes calm and peaceful, and people say, "Hmm, isn't it nice in here?" And it happened to an acupuncturist friend. Um, she took seven. We were playing around and experimenting with a crystal and a needle and touch. And she went off with seven crystals. And I thought she was actually going to use them on the body instead of needles. But I found out later that she'd actually thrown out in her room all the things that she felt <coughs> were a nasty vibration, like her needle steriliser and a few other things. She just threw them out of the room, intuitively placed the crystals round her room where she felt they needed to be. And the next morning, one patient after another said, hmm, this is a nice room, it's so calm in here, or have you redecorated? It's, it's delightful, isn't it? Or one, everybody, everybody noticed the different atmosphere in her room the next morning. So I thought that was quite, that was quite interesting. So I would say that there almost isn't an area of your life that they can't help, they can't enha enhance.